Hello, hashtag there is a word podcast listeners. I hope you have had a fabulous day. I hope you're having a fabulous night. Whatever part of the country you are listening to, whatever part of time zone you're listening to, I just hope you have had a fabulous day. This is your Reverend Edwina Perrin coming on hashtag there is a word. You know that I am the founder and CEO of Divining God Ministries, and this is a global ministry and power to teach believers how to strengthen their prayer life and to fill their spiritual arsenal with scriptures and prayers to combat the enemy. Yes, your Reverend Edwin, a parent wants to equip people with their prayer life and understand the scriptures that they need to apply to their spiritual warfare. Amen, amen, amen. I'm just so excited today. I'm so excited today, so excited today to have the Dr. Sonia Leverett with us today. Yay! Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, we're elated to have you. She is the owner and CEO of Hadassah Publishing Company, and I can't wait to dive in and to learn different things about what she's got going on, and I often see her on social media with all the accolades that she has earned with the publishing company. So we're excited to have you, Dr. Leverett. How are you doing today? I am great, and I am blessed, and I am just so happy to be chosen to be on this great show. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited about our conversation, and I'm just ready to get started. I am excited as well. I'm excited as well. So, uh, Dr. Leverett, one of the things I wanted to know, what inspired you to become a writer? Well, Reverend Perrin, I began many, many, many years ago as a young child. I often tell people how when my parents used to take us to Refco, which is now CVS, I didn't, I didn't go immediately to the toy aisle like a lot of children would go. I went to the school aisle. I wanted to get new Crayola crayons, drawing pads, journals, pencils, pens, things that I could use to write. And back then I pretended that I could draw. That's not one of the skills that just really manifested itself, but the writing And then later the reading just were my favorite pastimes. They just really sucked me in. And so I started, I can't even tell you what age I started writing, but that was my forte all throughout school. After taking uh, honors in AP English, it came to me that I would be an English educator. I knew in third grade I wanted to teach, but I knew after all of the writing that I did in high school that, writing was for me. And while I wanted to teach other people to write, um, I've been very blessed to have a great career where I was able to help and inspire people at the elementary, middle, and high school levels, as well as the college level, too. And so I am, I find myself in retirement still helping and encouraging other people to write as well. Awesome. When you mentioned REFCO, oh, my God. You make me think of my age. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a Rev, a Rev code in 
in Greenwood next to the Bolo. That's when the Bolo had the big cow up on the top of the building. So I know yes. what you when you said that. I thought I reflected on my age. I have a birthday coming up. Well, I have a big birthday coming up in May and so, this month. So I um, love just to see the reaction when you're talking to people. You can tell who was around when Refco was around, and you can tell, like, who has no clue what we're talking about. But you brought back a memory, too, because I have very fond memories of the old Bilo where there was that cow on the top, and there were usually stairs in the bylaws, and there was a man who sat up top with a, a rifle in his lap because he was guarding the money. So that's the old school Refco and Bilo that were always together. Yes, yes, yes. I remember all <laughs> <laughs> so, The next thing I would like to um, discuss with you is um, what do you learn each time you write a new book? Well, for me, all of my books have been autobiographical with the exception of the one, my best-selling children's book, BJ's Big Dream. I wrote that about my son and a story, well, a part of his life that I just completely admired and wanted to turn into something that I could use to help other children learn and grow and, and just basically go after and, and um, acquire their dreams. But I also helped pen my father's uh, biography. And so of the five books, six books that I have actually written, and then two short stories I've written, they've all been autobiographical, like I said, with the exception of what I wrote about my dad's life and what I wrote about my son's life. So those stories that I share about my life, especially for the children's books, those are just very, very fun memories. And while we all have millions, those were the ones that I thought would um, really capture children's attention. They would be engaging. They would be of high interest, but they would also teach a lesson. So as an educator and as an author and as now a book publisher, my goal is to get children reading and keep them reading by giving them high-interest books. And I believe that as long as they're reading, they're learning. But while they're reading, give them something, give them a life lesson that they can reflect on. And so character education is one of the um, gifts that I want to give to children. And also just having a love for reading and knowing how far reading can actually take you in your life because it, it is – absolutely essential. And I think, unfortunately, when children don't read, it's not always their fault. It's just they have not at that point found the book that really captures their interest. So they need someone to spend just a little bit more time helping them to choose well. Um, but once you unlock that, once they get that desire, they find what they really enjoy. I mean, their whole lives, their school, their grade, their esteem, everything changes after that. And so I know for my own child and other children I've worked with, that is just a very a, a defining moment, and I want every child to experience that. And so um, I know we'll talk a little bit later about actually coaching and helping other authors, but I'm just so excited that this extends beyond my control and what I know and what I'm able to do 
because now I just really enjoy helping others get their vital messages to children and we can just really, really, really try to save future generations and encourage them and bolster them because there's just so much they can acquire through reading. Yes, yes. And I just purchased uh, BJ's Big Dream and gave it as a gift. It was in their um, their Easter bucket because it was for a boy. And I'm trying to think of the other book that I bought. Um I think was it, it he never it? slumbers or what is that stinky winky ears male? Yes, I gave that oh, to um, it was a brother and sister. I gave um, them the book and I can't remember what other book I purchased, but I put them in Easter buckets. Um, you know, try not to buy candy and all that kind of junk food, but I gave something that uh-huh. they could keep for a legacy. You know, they could remember uh-huh. somebody gave me this book. Um, oh, wow. So I put I'm that so in there. I'm so excited to hear that. I really am. Well, thank you for thinking of me and my book. And definitely, I think books make absolutely wonderful gifts, something that children can keep. And I hope that parents know the importance of building children's libraries at home, you know, because especially during a time like this, you can't get to the library. You can't, you know, easily get even to the books at Walmart. So it's just great for children to have their books at home that they, you know, have take, they can take pride in. These are mine. And then they know reading is important. Having books, that's important. Yes, because as you stated, the public libraries are closed during this time of COVID-19. So that's why I gave them, you know, um, it's three siblings, so I gave them all books. And I even gave them one of the books from one of the authors that you helped publish their book. Um, So I gave them one of um, her book as well, and I'll let you talk about the different authors that you have helped and coached along later. But um, I gave them, you know, their books. But I put them in their Easter buckets. I didn't do baskets. And I um, oh, just put them in there. And I was like, this is a great gift during this time because you can't do much. Um, you can't right. go to your school, school um, media center to check out a book as well. Exactly. And, again, I applaud you for doing that, and I hope more people will follow suit. I know when I um, – first met some um, very extended family members, but when we were exchanging gifts, one of them looked at me one time and said, I guarantee you this is another book. And I was like, well, I mean, I hope I'm not offending you, and I hope you don't think that I'm just going out trying to find you something on sale or reasonable. I'm giving you something that I truly feel like can enhance your life. And I hope that we will get children to the point where they're excited when they get a book and they don't say, is this all you can give me? Because that is not the right mindset that we should have. You know, and like when my son was growing up, he wanted video game after video game after video game. And, yes, you can get video games eventually. You have to earn those. But I told him, I said, the difference between video games and books I will buy you. I, there are no, there's no book that you can't have, and there's no limit to the number of books you have. You can have. And while that was good because he took advantage of that, I was glad. But 
sometimes those um, hardback copies of the Magic Treehouse books when they first came out, you know, I I should have made a rule to say they need to be paperback books for you to have all that you want because I bought every single one of those um, Mary Pope Osborne books, and I don't have any regrets. But it can be kind of expensive sometimes if you're trying to buy buy a book when it first comes out every time. So I encourage parents, you know, make trips to the library when you can. And I actually buy used on Amazon. You know, I try to get really, really um, good used books that are light and new, but most people are going to just read it, zip through it, and then they're going to put it down or give it to someone else. And so if it's not brand new, it's okay. The, the point of the matter is that we're reading and we're modeling for our children and we're encouraging them to read, and we make it exciting when we go to Barnes & Noble or Books A Million or Walmart, and we make it exciting when they have packages that come from Amazon or other book retailers, and they get those, you know, for rewards, but then they get them just as, you know, um, appreciation gifts or just something to encourage them to keep reading because it is so, so, so very important. Yes, it is. Reading is everywhere. It is everywhere. I mean, you cannot do anything without having uh, strong uh, reading comprehension skills. You just cannot. Even reading a document to sign, um, Mm -hmm. you know, often my son will come to me and say, "Uh, what does this say? And I was like, no, you read it out loud and talk me through mm-hmm. it because I, I don't want to be a crutch for him because he's eventually going to be by himself, you know, signing That's documents. So, so I agree That's with true. you. And so reading is, is my passion and what I do, and math is yours, but you know how important, you know, you can't do math. You can't attempt a word problem if you, you know, can't read the language. So they go together. They're both important, and they work hand in hand. Yes, they do. So I alluded to um, you have some authors that you have helped publish, and I alluded to, you know, I purchased one of your author's books. So now I'm going to get to my next question. How did you start Hadassah, your publishing company? After I published my first two short stories with the best-selling Christian author Vanessa Miller, Those were books for adults, particularly women, and so I just had it in my heart that I'd like to write a children's book because, of course, children are my passion just as books are my passion, and I had drafted several different books many years ago just as I had my short stories, and I had no idea what I was going to do with them if I would truly go through the inquiry process and really, really, really try to get it traditionally published. And so after I had the awesome opportunity to publish my short story, the best-selling author, she said that I'm not going to be doing this forever. And one of my purposes for having the anthologies is to help some other people get into the publishing industry. And so as a part of your being in the anthology, I am going to um, teach you how to self-publish. And so that she did while our stories were in the anthology, the physical copy, she taught us how to upload our individual stories in a Kindle edition. And once I learned the layout, the upload process, and all of that, I was just 
in awe. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I love this. I can do this. And so I decided, hey, let me try that children's book that I wrote a long time ago. I got it edited. I got it um, illustrated. And I tried to, you know, get it as perfect as I possibly can. And I, you know, was able to do the self-publishing. And I enjoyed it so much not long after that, I had two other books that I published because I had written those, you know, years before I actually got into publishing. And so after those three, I said, you know what, I want to also give this gift that I've been given to other people. And so I said, I would like to, um, you know, just open a publishing company and give people the gift that was given to me because it takes forever sometimes to get recognized by a traditional publisher. And there's, there's so many traditional publishers that, you know, to find the one who's truly going to work with you and work with your work, it's like, it's way, way, way more difficult than even dating and trying to find that right spouse. I mean, it, it's hard to actually find a match. And and that is something I never really even thought of, but that analogy just came to me. Um, I, I think it was God-given. But honestly, that's a very, very difficult process that people can get lost in and they can become discouraged. And there's a lot of great works out there that that nobody ever knows about. So when I published... BJ's Big Dream, I decided that I wanted to, um, you know, come up with my own company at that point. When I first did it, it was really for me to publish my own books. But then I eventually, you know, decided I love this so much, I really would like to help other people. So I published BJ's Big Dream in November of 2016, and then in that spring, I had a cousin to come to me, and she is a very gifted storyteller, very gifted poet, and she said, I know you have published several books. I want you to um, publish. Would you consider helping me? And I was thrilled. I was honored. And so I published her in 2017, and then I didn't publish for another person until 2017. But since that time, I was counting the other day. I actually have 36 books on the shelf at this point. And so if you take away my five, um, then that leaves 30. So I can't say I've worked directly with 30 authors because some of them are as excited about publishing as I am, and they keep coming back. So I have one author who has three books on the shelf, and she's working on some more. I have another um, a few people who have two on the shelf and they're working on their third one. So um, they're well over 20 authors that I've worked with, and each one has been a pleasure. And the themes pretty much are they're children's books that encourage children through um, just good role models and examples to have great character. But then many of them are religious works because I find myself working with a lot of people like you, a lot of ministers who just really 
are bursting at the seams to get their word out, and they want to use every medium they can, whether it is podcast or the sermon that they give from the podium on Sunday morning, or they want to be on YouTube, but then writing and publishing, that's a whole other vehicle and an opportunity for them to get the word out. So I've also done several poetry collections, but for the most part, if I had to say what my company primarily focuses on is basically inspiration. It's self-help. It's something to bring others um, along with you. And it's just, you know, great messages that I think that are, you know, um, just like I said, helping other people. But the name Hadassah, I get a lot of questions about that because people think that it's foreign or that it's something that's like made up or something just ancient, and, and maybe it is ancient, but it does. It comes directly from the Bible. The book of Esther is one of my favorite books. Esther was definitely a heroine and because she was in a situation where she had to help her people. Um, I truly feel in ways that my company is designed to, like Esther, help other people um, to get um, so let's say Esther got to the palace, um, and she just wanted to bring people along with her. She wanted to save her race so that they wouldn't be killed um, by the Persians, and so she appealed to the king. She risked her life for them, and I by no means have any qualities that align with Queen Esther, but just the message and the story I thought was very positive. And I thought Hadassah's Crown Publishing was very, um, I just thought that it was a good way to describe what I was feeling on the inside and the gift that I do want to share with other people. And so not only are we publishing books for others, but right now we're doing some coaching. And we're doing that online right now because we were doing some face-to-face author guild sessions in the past. But, of course, with COVID-19, as you stated earlier, it's just changed the way we're doing some delivery. And so I'm blessed to have an online class that actually starts Monday night. And so I have three platforms now that I'm using. I can publish your book for you, or I can coach you to self-publish your own book, or I can, you know, just basically teach you all about the publishing process tell you about the traditional process versus the self-publishing, and then let you make a very informed decision about which one is, is best for you. And I never, you know, give anyone any pressure. I just want people to have information so that they know what they're choosing when they do choose to self-publish so that they just know, you know, all of the information, the pros, the cons, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of that. Oh, wow. So how, if they wanted to reach out to you for a virtual coaching um, session, how could they get in contact with you? Well, I can give the number, and the telephone number is 864-708-1214. Again, that's 864-708. One two, one four. My email address is Hadassah's Crown, and Hadassah is spelled H A D A S S A 
H-S. So the email again is hadassahscrown at gmail.com. And then the website is hadassahscrownpublishing.com. And so actually on the website, you're able to see um, all of the books that we've published at this point. You're able to look at the different services that we offer. And, of course, there's the opportunity to contact me. And there's also the opportunity to upload a manuscript so that we can take a look at it, give advice on it, or, um, you know, just give you a quote as far as how much it would cost for us to um, publish it it if it is accepted. We also do editing, so if you are thinking you have a good manuscript for a children's book or an adult's book or whatever, we can very well give you feedback on what you have and then just, you know, give you some tips and strategies for moving forward with the manuscript that you've written. Awesome, awesome. That is great news. And to all all of my hashtag burials award listeners, I will post all of her information because you may be driving when you listen to this podcast, and we don't want you to writing and driving at the same time. (laughs) That I put all of this in the description, and I will also include all of her social media platforms, which are. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Amazon, and Pinterest. Am I correct? You are correct. Wow, you hit them all on the head. (laughs) (laughs) So I will make sure I link all of that. I'll probably just put her her website that you are able to go on to the website and find all the information, all her contact information, because so many of us have books in our bellies. And they need to be birthed. You need somebody to just be a midwife to birth that book, to help you get that book out. Somebody is waiting to read your book. I always tell people that somebody is waiting to, because their story could be very much closely to your story. So it's a good thing. That's what reading and writing is all about. And I'm just elated to just talk to you tonight. I really enjoyed listening to your history. (laughs) <laughs> well, I hope I didn't talk too much and get a little too long-winded, but I, I hope the passion has come through because I truly am in my element. I am doing what I absolutely enjoy doing, and I pretty much do it full-time around the clock. Sometimes I have to remind myself to get up to eat or it's time to go to bed and, and do other things, but it is a, a joy, and I'm happy honestly, um, to help anybody any way I can. And so anytime anyone has a thought that they want to run by me, you know, just call. I'm happy to talk with you about it or get the information for somebody else that you know who has that book under their mattress that they're not doing anything with. And as Reverend Perrin has said, you know, we all have a story. Now, all of us won't choose to you to share our story, but I hope, you know, you won't be guilty. If you've ever been spoken to and said you need to share that, don't take it to the graveyard with you because it's not going to help anybody there. So tell it while you have the um, blood running warm in your veins and you have the opportunity. I encourage you to go ahead and share that story. Help somebody else out. Well, Dr. Levery, I have greatly appreciate your time. I have greatly appreciate 
you contributing and sharing knowledge and letting people know how they can reach out to you and contact you. Again, listeners, I will put all of this in the description so that you can um, contact her. But I also want you to leave messages. So there's an area once you listen to this podcast, you can leave a message, and I can definitely get it to Dr. Leverett. Um, I'm very close to her, so I can get it to her or, sh- or a screenshot <laughs> and give her a text, I mean, a picture and show it what, it what it is. But I'm excited. I am just in a season to use my podcast to, uh, I guess the word would be to launch other people's business, to push their business to another level so other people can hear, not just locally but globally. And if you notice, my, my mission statement says, this is a global ministry. So God wow. is pushing me to help others you know, to to be that mouthpiece, hey, do you know about this person? And it's not just locally. So I'm excited to just interview so many different people, so many different entrepreneurs and businesses just to let people know who you all are. So I'm greatly appreciated that you accepted the time to do this interview. And I want to ask you, Dr. Leverett, is there anything else that you would like to share? I would just, again, like to sincerely um, let you know how much I personally appreciate you and your ministry. Um, We do live not so far apart, and and I know you worship not so far from where I live, but I see you on social media, and I know of all the great things that you're doing, and I'm so proud of you. I just encourage you to continue to let God use you in this ministry. I am so just in awe that it is a global ministry. And so thank you for what you're doing to uplift others. And I just encourage you listeners to spread the word, let other people know about the awesome things that this woman of God is doing. Support her and support this ministry. And so thank you. And I just know that it's going to be successful. It's going to touch and it's going to change a lot of lives. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for that great compliment. I take it to heart. I really do. I thank you so much. Well, listeners, You're so until, until next time, this is hashtag There Is A Word Podcast. Listen, you know how I always tell you, don't be stingy. Share this information. Share the links with somebody. I'm on seven platforms, so they can get me on Spotify, Anchor, uh, Google Podcasts, Radio Breaker, uh, uh, Pocket Cast. So if they cannot use one of the other platforms, I am sure there's a Droid platform as well as an Apple platform that they can download the app to listen to this as well as well. So please share this information. Well, until next time, hashtag there's a word. Have a great day, great night, whatever time zone you are in. And thank you for listening. Talk to you later and see you soon.